I don't think there is a thing for New Year, is there? You don't have a cowbell in your car, do you? <laughs> <laughs> <Happy> New Year! <laughs> fire our guns in there like cowboys. <laughs> do they do that in New Year? <laughs> they do it in the film Young Guns. <laughs> <laughs> is it New Year or is it just the end of the yeah, film? it's New Year. I don't know. I don't think I've ever watched Young Guns. You're not a patron of the classics, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez. Yep. Yeah, it's the kind of Judd, the, the Brat Pack thing we Judd Judd Nelson. You're thinking of the Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, Delmot Mulroney, uh, Casey Schumasco. Oh, they, uh, they had great careers after that, didn't they? Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it's amazing. I don't. I don't, I don't all joking aside, if you ever get the chance to hear. The commentary for Young Guns that's by the three guys that never made anything of their career. Keeper <laughs> Sutherland as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, it's Lou Diamond Phillips, Casey Shamasco, and Delmont Mulroney doing the commentary, and they're all pretty bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Lou Diamond Phillips, who's like every two seconds is like, oh, yeah, just get the ethnic minority to get the knives, I don't get a gun. <laughs> <laughs> He's not happy about it then. Also, um, there's a film called Bats that he did about killer bats. Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, and he does a commentary for that, and his introductory line is Say, who's that handsome fellow when he appears on screen? Ballsy. Gotta get a penny on something. The Don't Jump the Shark podcast. I'm Ross, and here's the JB to my KG, Grant. Oh, wait, I just smoked some cannabis. Now I get it. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> and uh, tales say that a long ass fucking time ago in a town called Kirkcaldy, there lived a humble podcast, sarcastic through and through. But ye, there was a new guest, and he knew just what to do. His name was young James Crook, and he refused to step in line, a vision he did see of rocking all the time. <laughs> He wrote a tasty jam, and then the planets did a line. James! <laughs> yes, How's that for an introduction? What an intro! <laughs> uh, James, you are the, the bassist for the band uh, Tango Nack. I sure am. Re- receiving some good press just now here. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was in the Fifey Press. I'm gonna, <laughs> in the same week. In the same week. That is some ballsy stuff. Oh, the family were happy. That's very good. That's <laughs> yeah. one to frame. <laughs> Definitely. You were away in. Um, Be next to the gold album when you get that. <laughs> Fifey Press, Glenrothes Gazette, gold album, <laughs> yeah. platinum album. Yep. You, you guys were away in New York recently, weren't you? Yeah, we're in New York. Uh, a week before all the disaster happened. <laughs> yeah, so, so great timing <laughs> or suspicious timing. Suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> like the planets over there. <laughs> a monsoon. Did you rock them like a hurricane? <laughs> yeah, I was a big cut. 
Didn't they just play a benefit concert for the, <laughs> the victims of that? So yeah, if you hadn't guessed, this episode's film is Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. Um, By guessing, do you mean did they read it when they downloaded it on iTunes? <laughs> yeah, I've been saying this for a while now and I keep wondering who these people are that download it but don't look at the title of the film for the week. Here's what we do every episode. We take a film that's good up to a point and then goes too far. We'll talk you through the film and point out that jump to shark moment where we feel it goes off the deep end. Could be five minutes in, could be five minutes from the end. As always, we locked ourselves in a bathroom with a sweaty Tim Robbins and a fecally out of control Jack Black. <laughs> and then we studied the film separately so we had no way of knowing each other's chosen sharp jumping moment. Right, so uh, this, this is the fictionalised Helen of the origin story of Tenacious D. Uh, what I want to know from you guys is what fictionalised or dramatised origin story would you like to see for a band? James, what about you? Me. I would think an origin st- story would damage any band that I liked. <laughs> so instead, I would like to see a band that I don't like, and therefore their career be destroyed. <laughs> so perhaps maybe The Killers? Oh! <laughs> An interesting choice. Yeah. And would their backstory reflect the fact that they get their name after being actual killers? <laughs> yeah, that, that could be it. I'd love to see them, like, a shots of them in the studio. No, more bland, more bland! More bland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I almost enjoyed that bit. <laughs> what are you doing there? I almost got excited. <laughs> what about you, Grant? I'd like to see um, the the making of the band Kajagoo. <laughs> and in particular, I'd like to see the story of why they chose those haircuts. <laughs> I thought you were going to go for why they chose such a long title for that hit song. <laughs> Too shy to shy. Hush, hush, I, I. And Lime L. Yeah, that's, that's all. I that's, thought that's one of the guys for the band. He also sang the theme tune to The NeverEnding Story. Did he? Yes, he did. Wow. Kajagugu. The, the guy from Kajagugu. The guy from Kajagugu. Kaj- Kaj- <laughs> That's a completely different band altogether. Um, Nazi band. Kajagugu. <laughs> Hitler's favourite band. <laughs> it always comes back to Nazi jokes to us. <laughs> Nobody's going to nobody's going to pick us up on it, are they? You leave those Nazis alone. They've done nothing to you. Um, I'd quite like to see a, somebody attempt to make a dramatised version of um, Motley Crue's beginnings. Because if anybody's ever read The Dirt, it's so ridiculous to start with. To make it more ridiculous is, would be quite an impressive feat. But it's been yeah. rumoured for a few years that Rob Zombie's wanting to do a film version of The Dirt. Really? No. After I, think you, I think you could cast Cher as Tommy Lee. Big <laughs> <laughs> expressionist face. <laughs> you read the dirt. No, he is so it. annoying, and it like everyone else is really articulate except for him, who says the word "dude" every two seconds. <laughs> anyway, back to Tenacious D, the pick of destiny, <laughs> which says "dude" all the time. <laughs> Well, do you want to do the plot summary this week, Ross? Because I know you can do a very good impression of J.R. Reed. J.R. <laughs> <laughs> <G>. Reed. <clears throat> Why? That's what the guy's can, called. can do Lee. Isn't That's it? his real name. In Venice Beach, native, naive Midwesterner, J.B., bonds with local slacker, K.G., and they form the rock band Tenacious D. Setting out to become the world's greatest band is no easy feat. So they set out to steal what could be the answer to their prayers, man. 
A magical guitar pick housed in the Rock and Roll Museum, some 300 miles away, in my car. Right, Grant, so, who are, who's the... Main players? Well, we'd normally say main players, but we'd usually tailor it to the people in the film, but... But the main the players fits it band really well. members in this... <laughs> <laughs> in this piece of crap band. <laughs> well, on lead vocals, <laughs> directing, we've got Liam Lynch. And this is the only film he's ever done. Yeah. He's most famous for doing that novelty song, My United States of Whatever. My United States of Whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. And working with Sarah Silverman, but really this is the only thing he's ever done. <laughs> and you can see why. <laughs> the only things they've really ever written is Tenacious D stuff. Uh, Kyle Gass and Jack Black. Yeah, and J- Jack Black's got a writing credit on a show called Acceptable TV, which seems like... <laughs> It, the X Factor, but with videos from the internet, sounds pretty horrific. <laughs> <laughs> and you just like pair them against each other. Yeah, and they get voted in or out by public vote. That sounds horrific. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? it? Sounds like 1984 shit. <laughs> so nobody's done anything except for Tenacious D. <laughs> so all the like cheesy films that Jack Black's in, he has no writing, writing mm. credit in them. He just. Improvises, I'd imagine. Right. There seems to be a lot of that goes on. Well, let's hear some actors too. We've got Jack Black, who's <coughs> in King Kong. He was, yeah. School of Rock. Yep. The Big Year, have you seen that? The Big Year? No, I don't think I have seen that. Jack Black, Steve Martin, Owen Wilson. That should be funny, <gasps> Oh, right? yeah. What no. a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't, did that even get a release here? I'm sure I remember. It never got a release. No. It's, uh, I watched it on Sky Movies a few weeks ago. Yeah. So it's horrendously bad. <laughs> it's about bird watching. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah I've seen that. I've seen that advertised somewhere. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> um, Kyle Gass. Uh, I'm not going to say he's riding on Jack Black's coattails or anything, but he's been in Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> Shallow Hal. <laughs> he's also in Idle Hands. I just wanted to mention that because his character name was Burger Jungle Guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, J.R. Reed plays the super fan. Uh, he's in Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the only other two movies I could find him being in was one called Removal, which had 4.4 4 out of 10, <laughs> and Other People's Parties, which had 3.7 out of 10. <laughs> so it's like solid, solid movies there. <laughs> and I was Polly Tonkins. Yeah. I love him. He is very good in this film. Do you know he's, he's in There Will Be Blood? Yes. Mister. He, he runs after somebody shouting down the street. He talks about it at the time. And he's in Anchorman and he's in mm-hmm. Tangled. Is he? Who's he yes. in Tangled? I don't know. I'm going to have to watch Tangled again, aren't I? <laughs> That's my plan, to get to watch it again. Cooks me in. There's not really any women to speak of, so I couldn't really give <clears> you any women. <laughs> no. I mean, the highest billed woman is... Amy Poehler, who's in it for easily three minutes of screen time. (laughs) We'll get to her as well. We'll get into the film then. Okay, so it kind of sets its stall quite early on, doesn't it, with the THC rip-off with the little cartoon people. THX, I think you mean. Yeah, sorry, yeah. What's THC? THC is the stuff that's in marijuana. Yeah, it's the active ingredient. What's <laughs> <laughs> yes. in your mind, Ross? <laughs> it's not a log, leave us. Yeah, I think this 
animated bit might be the incendiary mind of Liam <coughs> Lynch at work here. Yeah. It's great because they fart. It's, oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's like watching an internet meme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we fart a lot. <coughs> Not even them high-fiving each other can save this little sequence. <laughs> and it takes a lot to turn me off a high-five, I'll tell you that. <laughs> High fives, pure and good, the fart joke's not. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I was, like, seriously, when I watched this, I was tempted to just choose this as my don't jump the shark moment. <laughs> I, was, I, I was very similar. <laughs> there was a couple of, like, uh, now nah, I'll wait for one later. See, when, see, when I watched this, by the way, um, <clears throat> I really got a different idea of this scene at first. Because this weird French pop song started playing and I was like why have they chosen this is a weird music choice and then I just realised that it was a pop up ad yeah. from where I was illegally downloading it I mean watching it on DVD <laughs> you're like why is this film wanting to sell me free cams of girls <laughs> no I will not go on your casino <laughs> I, I quite like this little opening scene though with the with, um, meatloaf. Meatloaf. Um, Are you feeling love for the fact that the town's called Kickapoo? Is, it, <laughs> is that not a real place though? Is it? Ah, I'm sure it is actually a real yeah. place. I mean, there's look at the whole size of America. There's some plenty is that, stupid names. Then, there's a place in Oregon called Wanker's Corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite fact. <laughs> Wanker's Corner. <laughs> What even is a wanker? Like, over there? It's not really a used term. No, I know. Yeah, so, why it's. <laughs> is a wanker like somebody that turns the wheel to do something? That's some Spanish guy like going it. over there saying, as at the naming ceremony, how about Wanker's Corner <laughs> Tea? <laughs> that sounds brilliant. Wanker's Corner is. <laughs> uh, the kid does look quite a lot like. Jack Black does later on. Do you know I think Meatloaf's quite Meatloaf. good casting for his dad as well? I mean, you yeah, can see yeah, Meatloaf being that, Jack Black's dad. I think that's one of the most credible things about it. <laughs> yeah, Meatloaf plays that role brilliantly. Is that is it prejudice that we just think all fat people look alike? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, have you seen Op- Oprah being his mum? No, <laughs> no, see, it's not, it's not us. <laughs> The kid though that plays him, there's something really hateable about him. <coughs> you do kind of want to punch him in the face. Yeah, he's got kind of the overacting parts and stuff. I'm like, nah, no. He's just doing what Jack Black does. Yeah, he's, he, that is the thing. It's probably not the kid, it's probably just his good impression of Jack Black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who is one of Hollywood's big overactors, isn't he? <laughs> what could be funnier than a, a child getting beaten by a belt, though, yeah? <laughs> What a way to start off your comedy. It doesn't, it doesn't even date it. It doesn't even say this is back in the 70s. <laughs> Do you know this was Meatloaf's first musical since the Rocky Horror Picture Show as well? He's never agreed to one because he wanted to be taken seriously, seriously. as an actor. As an actor. <laughs> this is a Meatloaf that had those fake breasts and fake love. It's not about nestled between Bob's bitch tits, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, that's it. <laughs> I'm a bit confused about this, but at this point, no, how this this is like a musical scene. This is a film, a musical scene, yeah. like you would get in a musical. Yeah, in like a Chicago or yeah. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yet there's very little else of that in this film. It's more just sort of let's play a song from the soundtrack. 
and then it becomes more kind of Blues Brothers in the way they can yeah, do it. Yeah. yeah. It's just people in the film singing songs. It's quite... In the first ten minutes, there's like three songs, which are only about three minutes each, so you can see it being like a musical then, but then you're right, for a huge portion in the middle of the film, it just kind of... There's no songs. <laughs> and then right at the end as well, there's like a good, you know, 10, 15 minutes where they cram a lot of songs in as well. It's maybe what they were thinking. It's like, oh no, we're not actually putting any of our songs in. Right? Oh, we've still got this whole album. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone would like to play the Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny drinking game along at home, though, drink every time Jack Black says the word cock. <laughs> Which in this opening five minutes is easily two hundred. <laughs> if you want to play a drinking game and not go out afterwards, <laughs> if this one, <laughs> your whole night over in an hour and a half. Yeah. Your whole night over in five minutes. <laughs> As you have to get taken away to A and E to have your stomach pumped. I like I like the bit where he does say his dad can suck a cock. Is one of them. Yeah. It's like, my father thinks you're evil, but he can suck a cock about Dio. Yeah. His poster of Dio, where Dio looks about 100 years old. (laughs) I thought Dio stopped putting out posters after he kind of started to look like an arthritical granny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He looks like Alice Cooper with an eating disorder. (laughs) (laughs) Remarkably white teeth, though, which kind of makes me think they're not his. (laughs) He's American. Americans all have white teeth. It's the way he's dressed as well. Did you see how he was dressed? Dio. Mm. Yeah. He's kind of dressed like if there was two Victorian vampires getting married, he's dressed like the bride. He's <laughs> <laughs> got cleavage and everything. They've just got some man hair down there. <laughs> That's the only way he distinguished the two of them. Um, yeah, so the whole point of this scene is basically screw you, Dad. You can go suck a cock. I'm off to Hollywood. The home of music? Question mark. <laughs> I do like the bit where he's running though, and it's kind of does the things are going past him, and the majority of things that are going past him are food. <laughs> and you're like, well, at least they're not shying away from the weight element in this film. <laughs> How long did it take him to get to Hollywood though? He starts running when he's a kid, and when he gets there, he's yeah, like yeah, a fully yeah. grown jack yeah. black. Right on a bus, it's like one massive, <laughs> a twenty-year bus journey. <laughs> If he's time when he starts, 30 by the time he finishes. <laughs> Do you get my point though? I mean, Hollywood's not... Hollywood's the centre of film. It's not the centre of music. No, yeah. Yeah. Unless you want to join the LA Guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see Seattle. Or Motley Crue. Seattle? <clears throat> Seattle, I could have seen. New York. Yeah. New York, yeah. New okay, York. The whole thing could be around CBGBs. Well, that would be good. <laughs> there's no real reason as to why because apparently as well in their kind of thing their history the two of them they met in Edinburgh in yeah, Scotland yeah, <laughs> the French the real home of music <laughs> yeah <laughs> as James will tell you where did you go to university and form your band James exactly Edinburgh yes <laughs> there you go get yourself over there here tenaciously <laughs> he bumps into KG <clears throat> yes on the street he, yeah he goes down the boardwalk doesn't he and not the boardwalk, that, that is the East Coast. <laughs> he goes down Venice Beach in uh, California and meets Kyle Gass, who is playing classical music on a guitar. Badly at times, I'd say. Yeah. 
and that's not the only thing he's doing badly because his acting is pretty horrendous as well. <laughs> that 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 is the theme throughout this whole film. That's just it made me like you know when you're watching a film with a computer and you just realise that you've just looked away the, the, like for five minutes or like you're concentrating you're eating more than actually watching the film because Kyle Gas is doing all these overacting faces. Of- like he's acting like. It's, it's like you're watching a cutscene from a computer game, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. Him trying to be arsey just comes off and him not being very good at acting at all. <laughs> he just looks constipated. He's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to look superior, but it just doesn't. He just looks constipated and dying to get home for a poo. That's the kind of look on his face. Have you got someone else to cast as KG? <laughs> 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 that would have worked for me. Tim Robbins from later on in the film as KG. <laughs> a non-fat KG. Or uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> he would have sold it. You ever seen Boogie Nights? Yeah. The bit where he breaks down. He could have, when we KG breaks down later in this film, he could have, oh, fucking idiots. That would have been great. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, really, would you? How do you feel sorry for him? <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman in uh, Almost Famous. Think him mm. in that when he's the Rolling Stone editor, and he is kind of cast in the Best 70s. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He'd be doing good, is it? But there you go. We could have cast yeah. him as that. <laughs> well, when they remake the film in 20 years' time. <laughs> when they reboot every film because they've made sequels to every film. Yeah. <laughs> I took tally marks of the mentions of the word cock up to this point, by the way, and throughout the song, it's up to 400 now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack Black starts singing along. As you see, he's doing the classical music very badly, and then yeah. Jack Black starts singing along. But it's really weird, he's singing along like, do you remember... Scatman John. <laughs> He's kind of singing a bit like him. Yeah, it's not really how you kind of learn to sing or how good singers sing. Um, isn't it? Remember we had a problem in a band that I was in <laughs> with a singer who just sung the notes that were the guitar player. <laughs> well, he just sung the notes. He was like, to be honest, that was better. That would have been better. Independently verified. Imagine if uh, the Manic Street Preachers did that because their bassist is like um, the worst bassist in the world and could only play like the minimum of one note. He'd be like, for the whole song. I remember my mate James was in a band and he was like he was learning faster by the manics and he was like okay you play A open string and I was like okay what do I do next N- no there, there is no next <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do in simplicity <laughs> so you live in the socks and sandals we're meant to, we're meant to think these, are, these guys are rock gods and he's wearing socks and sandals <laughs> classy look of the British tourist there <laughs> In Hollywood. <laughs> Where's that Lindsay Lohan's house? <laughs> I've heard she's a whore. <laughs> you feel in love for him when he says his name is KG Solomon 5000? <laughs> yeah, great great joke there. Solid, solid joke, let's just make numbers after it. <laughs> what a cop. Oh no, I'm doing it. <laughs> this film's bled into my subconscious. So he gets, Jack Black gets buffed by him and he goes to... Uh, to sleep on a parked bench and gets attacked, doesn't he? 
by a gang of clockwork orange droogs. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Because they exist I'm not, in I'm California. Not, I'm not making that up. That does happen in this film. <laughs> With no later mention of why they were there, or could it not just have been like some. Like it's like they were trying to do a, gang trying to do a, a reference, <laughs> but, but like not given any explanation to why. <laughs> Plus as well, the whole thing there, it's not just ultra violence; it's rape as well. Is he insinuating that these guys are going to rape him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I quite like it when Kyle pretends to save him, though. That's pretty funny. Yeah, they basically run away, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah you better run." <laughs> That's the first bit that made me smile <laughs> in this film. I even don't... Like, the next bit that comes up as well, when uh, Kyle takes him back to his house, and he kind of brings him in, and then he's like, yeah, it's it's really minimalist, and it's like a crappy apartment that's covered and stuff. <laughs> he's like, it's amazing! And the way he like, plays the kind of genuine suck-up, even though like it's really shitty to the outside viewer, but it looks I'm not amazing. Sure if it is that shitty, though, his apartment. Like, when I looked at it, I was like... I know that's what they're trying to go for, but I'm like, that's actually okay. He's a farmer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not the it's a rich, place. It's world. a rich man's view of what a poor person might stay in, I think. Yeah. Not what an actual <laughs> poor person might stay in. <laughs> These dicks aren't bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, think of stuff like Friends and I, where people are unemployed and yet they stay in the most glorious apartments <laughs> in New York. That's true. <laughs> they're never like, I've got one week and then I have to leave. <laughs> yes. That's the extent of my savings. <laughs> Courtney Cox becoming a heroin addict and probably a <laughs> prostitute to make ends meet. Bringing back mysterious men into the apartment. Be friends and in inverted commas. <laughs> friends, $50 a night. <laughs> I just improved that show immensely. <laughs> Realistic friends. Yeah. Real friends. That's what we <laughs> Who's going to support them when they're, they're ODing on the floor and bungling at the mouth? And that Joey having a drugs overdose because he's a failed actor. <laughs> Can't live with the rejection any longer. <laughs> Rachel moving out as soon as she could because she's got a good paying job. <laughs> Never to return again. <laughs> yeah, they move into the apartment. After he does what? Why does he get him? Is this when he's like training? Yeah, he wants to take him under his wing. And That's yeah. it, he wants to take him under his wing. So then he gets him to do like a power slide on the carpet. He did it, he did it first time. I was just like. Not that I'm prone to power sliding, <laughs> but that's some that's some cheapage, yeah. That's some, that's some friction burn. Yeah, and it's carpet as well, isn't it? <laughs> she Pete Townsend slid across that very slidey smooth stage, and then he's like, do it on the carpet. No trousers on. Okay, <laughs> gas. We're going to be doing some tasks here, and some of them are going to involve carpet burns. I'm warning you now. <laughs> I'm backing out the room. <laughs> Because he does say, will you teach me your ways, Tim? So. <laughs> yeah. Given the drugs den look of his apartment, I'm not taking it. Of which one of them is cock push-ups. <laughs> now do a cock push-up on top of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My turn for the carpet burns. <laughs> this is terrible, this joke, though. You know why it's terrible? Because right. you don't even see him do it. 
it just cuts away. It's just like you need to do a, a push up with your cock. Cut. <laughs> Isn't there like a follow up to that joke to try and make it funny at all? No. That's, that is the Like thing. him actually pushing himself up for. Mm. Well, see, the, the TV series that preceded this had all these as like little episodes. And you know, like a cock push up would be like one episode about the training or whatever. Yeah. And so if you're in on that joke, then that's funny. That's a callback to something you've seen. But if you're a not new viewer... Joke. It's just a poor joke. Yeah, but if you're a new viewer coming in this, you, you have no idea what the hell that yeah. is. <laughs> like, Are these what? viral episodes? No, like they had a series on HBO. TV series, yeah. It was just like... <laughs> really? Six, Shame on you, HBO. Six or seven per eight. This The series is actually all right. Is it? Yeah, because it's right. done like really low rent and low budget and yeah. just... Like crazy bands trying to write a song where they can't get it, and it's, it's, it's actually quite decent. My cock hurts just thinking about this, though. <laughs> like pushing your whole body up with just your cock. <laughs> James, now that you're in the music industry, how many cock push ups can you do? <laughs> Only the girls know. <laughs> Is it one, one you only need to do one? <laughs> That would be quite creepy if you're counting your nuts. One, two, three. <laughs> just lying on top of your girlfriend, just like, what are you trying to do? Shh! What's <laughs> 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 the training? It's for the band. What are all these holes in the carpet? <laughs> well, I was training today. <laughs> thinking of the band while I do this. <laughs> Um, do you not think Jack Black's a bit of a fucking idiot though? Like, it's clearly this guy is not what he appears to be. <laughs> but it's never played up on screen to the point where it's kind of letting you nod and wink to the viewer a little bit that kind of like you're in in a joke, but he's not. It's it, not. It's again, not enough. Yeah. Like, Liam Lynch is a very poor director and he's not bringing <laughs> yeah. his jokes out. No, yeah. It's not obvious that that's kind of what's going on. Like, for example, how does he not realise that playing at the beach is like the height of music? <laughs> playing for busking on the busking, beach. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not the top of the chain, is it? No, it's definitely not. <laughs> it totally is a submissive partner as well, because he, he gets like ten dollars and Kyle Gauss is like, go and buy me weed. He's like, okay. <laughs> Coming right up. <laughs> Whatever you say. We get the return of um the super fan next, don't we? Lee is the going to the gig simulator, <laughs> which is actually yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I want one of them in that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not think though in this bit as well where he doesn't let him change the TV channel? Oh, the eye. Yeah, that you know. Like this when they're doing the training stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a slightly creepy kind of Edward and Bella vibe to that. Yeah. Where he's like, "No, you cannot change the TV channel. <laughs> I am the master here." <laughs> it's more of that when it's meant to be karate kid. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. It's bizarrely submissive partnership. Yeah, I, I quite like the gig simulator that comes up next. That they've got all the chairs with the paper plates on it. And the, the little curtains made out of the bed sheets. And he's like, yeah, oh, wait, let, let me do this like a... And, and I quite like this, is like the way he does his like, child's play. Like, it's like he's imagining it in his head and he like goes behind the curtain, which yeah. is really just into the wall. And then he's like, and that's it on stage. <laughs> does it like the husk voice? So that's a couple of things that I think the director does get right, or whether that's maybe the writing is the awkwardness of 
you have this dream in your head and you want to be a star yeah. and you have all these preconceptions but then nothing turns out like the way it is <laughs> everything's really deadpan and horrible I don't really understand as well how like he's the he's trained to be the lead singer of the band and Kyle Gass is just the guitarist surely it would be the other way around it would be the lead singer who's like looking for a guitarist yeah and, and putting him the rings yeah, yeah the lead singer is the focus of the band are they not in most instances yeah depends on the band you have some bands that survive on the guitarists but do you not see later like you know the bit that's actually quite funny later where he plays by himself and is just singing a, a backup <laughs> yeah. is, he's blatantly not the focus of this band yeah. I think that's maybe him learning his lesson though isn't it later on I mean as, as much as it isn't great storytelling this bit at the start is weird in the wrong direction and that's when when he does find out just you don't think though that if this were roles reversed and Jack Black was doing the whole picking on him bit this would be so much funnier like in his kind of school of rock mode yeah, yeah just yeah. picking on Kyle Gass and yeah. putting him through all these challenges it'd yeah. be so much better although Jack Black does play a decent role of being hurt when he's on the yeah. floor crying yeah like, that is actually really quite funny <laughs> monster mash <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did laugh at that I, 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 I don't know, I think you need to have it this way round for then when the power change does happen when he finds out that it's his mum that's paying for it mm-hmm. for it to really, for him to really get that oh yeah, this is a band that's two parts, not just one I suppose you could have it the other way round but it would seem that the power was already in the vocalist well, you could You could learn that by Kyle leaving him and coming back which he already does anyway Well have you, have you ever seen the stage show that they do? No. The stage show that they've done long before they did the film, um, and they, they brought out a DVD called The Complete Masterworks, has a great thing where they go through the whole first album, and one of the songs is Kyle Quit the Band, and Kyle leaves, and then comes back on stage, and it's, it's good. I mean, it's done like a stage play. It's pretty decent, though. And well, it would do that. Well, back to the training, though. I, I do like the fact that they're pelting him with bottles, and <laughs> <laughs> he's playing the booing on the tape as well. I like that. <laughs> It's like uh, he's training for being at, um, playing a gig at Bob's Country Bunker. Is that in Blues Brothers? <laughs> when the plate in the cage. Yeah, they stand by your man and the team from Rawhide. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. There's another joke here that I don't think goes far enough either. When he's trying to act the big man and he's got Godzilla on the screen behind him and it's supposed to be the contrast between Kyle Gass and Godzilla and the two of them are trying to be powerful and but only lasts like three seconds and then it's on to the next <laughs> cock joke. That's when, he's, that's when he's trying to stick it on a, um, the In Search of Sasquatch, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. When he's trying to... Yeah, because that's when Jack Black finds out that it's his mum that's paying for the, the apartment and he's not really a successful musician. He doesn't really know Ronnie James Dio. And he doesn't have hair. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have hair. <laughs> that's a big one. Is it not Thurman Merman as well that's the kid in the little cutaway scene when it shows him going to school where he's packed lunch and he's bald head? I'm sure it is Thurman Merman from Bad Santa. Oh, is the it? little kid with the curly hair from Bad Santa. Right. I really hate the joke as well where he takes the wig off, mm-hmm. Kyle Gass, and then he says, ah, when he sees his bald head, and then he turns around to look at his hand and sees the wig and says, ah, it's like, <laughs> surely you knew something was in your hand. <laughs> I forgot this was in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> The, the guitar that he buys him, what do you think of that? It's pretty sweet, actually, I like it. <laughs> did you like it? What did you think? I'm not sure, like... <laughs> if I gave you that guitar right now, would you play it? <laughs> I would do. 
Do you think it would be I one red checks worth of guitar though? That looks like no. a pretty expensive piece of equipment. You would need a, a luthier to make that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. That's one thing that they could have done maybe a wee bit better. Like for example, in like Wayne's World with the white Stratocaster. Yeah, it was like the kind of dreaming about it. Yeah, the, yeah. the fantasy. Whereas that's just a kind of made up guitar, and you know when you're p- making films like these. <laughs> Musicians will tend to watch these type of films, or like School of Rock and things mm. like that. You kind of know all this stuff, so they maybe could have done that a bit better. Just, yeah. just as an aside, by the way, have you ever seen the film Cyborg with John Claude Van Damme? Maybe when I was younger. <laughs> just that his <laughs> character in that film is called Gibson Riebenbaker. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a another character that's called Marshall Strat. <laughs> 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 You're right though, because if they if they'd done something like to make you think that this guitar wasn't just a nice guitar, it was like kind of imbued with their friendship. Yeah. Then at the end, it would make sense as to what happens. That's where, um, yeah. as well, you could have used music a bit better. Mm-hmm. The thing, as you said about that bit in Wayne's World, uses like the kind of heavenly music. Yeah. When you see the guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I see as someone who plays guitars is a made up cheapy rip-off thing. <laughs> now you get like guitar packs like for like a hundred pound. Yeah. Where it comes a little amp and stuff like that. <laughs> and a ridiculous looking guitar. Yeah. <laughs> there is a line I really like in this bit where he says they're going to pay their bills with rock. <laughs> <laughs> this is when they discover that they've both got birthmarks as well, isn't it? Oh, fuck. <laughs> and they're supposed to look like a birthmark. It looks like somebody yeah. smeared poo on their bum. <laughs> I like that bit. I thought I, that was probably the first point I really laughed. When he goes, I think it's just when he says tonight. Tonight. Yeah. I looked it up in the dictionary. It doesn't exist. <laughs> I did like that. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I liked it up until the point where you've seen a little too much of the front of their bodies. For <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. when both had their bums out and then they kind of turned. You could see. Yeah. Yeah. You could like, see a lot of bellies and I was like. <laughs> Bit too much overhang, was yeah. it? Yeah. I could see that. At least they did that, no? I mean, yeah, I imagine if they got stunt bums. Yeah. <laughs> Although that could have been very funny if it was like a really muscular bum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a naked gun. We should yeah. bring our, our hands down over his chest. It's yeah, clearly not funny. his chest. It's the end of as well. It's yeah, that's the same one. Yeah. I like the History of Tenacious D song. That's see, a good song. See that bit at the start where they walk past the billboard and the camera follows them but then stops on the billboard? Mm-hmm. That was how the TV series used to start. Right. As well. So that was, a, that was a nice little callback if you've watched the TV mm-hmm. series. But do you know who the comic is that was on before them? It was Neil Hamburger. Who, that's his real name. But he was their support act when they went mm-hmm. round. But the way he used to do support act, and they should have totally showed this, which throughout his whole act he used to grog in a glass... And then at the end of the act, he'd down the class. Oh. It was disgusting, but the idea was he was meant to be like a Tony Clifton character in, well, not in, but like Andy Kaufman's character, who was just yeah. out to be the most hateful person ever. Yeah. So like everybody would be booing at him the whole set, and then he'd just down this thing at the end. You'd be like, that's disgusting. Oh. But all he was after was just a reaction from you. It's pretty disgusting. Yeah, I really like Paul F. Tompkins in this bit as well as the MC. Yeah. When he's, he's got like the ridiculous. <laughs> line that they've given him and he just reads it out like total deadpan is like <laughs> coming in your ear pussies 
Yeah. And then they just, they pretty much just die in that small yeah. club, don't they? Oh, <laughs> well, they do. Not too bad. And I get, I, I get some good, represent, good representation off a first gig. Yeah. They really go for it. And they think that it was, like, everyone who was watching was amazed, <laughs> like... You know, like, loved it. Whereas in actual fact, it was a complete opposite. And they did a they did a couple of things that really well. That when you watch a band for the fir- like their first performance, the way they talk to each other before they play the song, mm-hmm. when you don't really know like you don't really know the politics, the rules, like, the whole kind of thing of being cool is that you know <laughs> being really natural and things. <laughs> they did that okay. Yeah, it does. It looks that kind of awkward, though, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, th- this is where they go back and. Yeah, they speak to Paul F. Tompkins, don't they, here? Give and each then, other a power hug, as they call it. <laughs> <laughs> but they, um, they get sold to go away and write some... That's know, a homosexual term for sex, isn't it? <laughs> power hug. No, cock, cock push-up is. <laughs> <laughs> they go away to write songs. To the pentagram, is that this bit? Yeah. Then sauce. <laughs> Use the tomato yeah. sauce to get the pentagram. This is, this is quite realistic of songwriting you do all this preparation because you, you think that'll help you do it and then in actual fact you're just like you just actually, ideas. <laughs> yeah, you just actually need to do it yeah <laughs> like there's no like outside thing that will really help you that much is there unless it's a rhyming dictionary <laughs> I like the little kind of dictaphone recording player that they always use yeah it's quite old school I like it with the six double D batteries in the back. <laughs> yeah. So the plot here is they notice all the musicians have used the same guitar pick. Yeah. That's right. So they go to the guitar centre to try and get the buy a plectrum. And luckily for them <laughs> Ben Stiller's ben working Stiller. the counter that day. And, and knows the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing they didn't ask the other guy. So is he <laughs> is he shop assistant fuck <laughs> uh, what's it called? Exposition. Yeah. <laughs> Shop assistant exposition. It certainly is. With a horrendous hair, though. <laughs> horrendous. It's, it's kind of like... It's like, it's like how your hair used to be like, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, James' hair was actually probably a bit more like it than mine's. Yeah, I was looking through some photos the other day of that. Can I miss it? <laughs> I think I was. I think I was in the wrong time. <laughs> I had it there. Be cool. There's you think it'd be cool? Now. <laughs> well, I thought you'd been in the eighties. <laughs> there is another joke I like in this bit where they're all talking. They've got lit the lighter so they can all talk, and then he just puts the light on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very good. It's a mild chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> so they talk about the pick of destiny, don't we? Like basically the Robert Johnson story, but. Adding a plectrum into the story as well. Setting up the whole fact of we're one day going to be able to rock without this pick clearly is going to be the plot of this film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you would you would it seems to be suggesting that that's the case anyway. <laughs> it kinda does insinuate that the greatest guitar players that ever lived as well weren't that great. <laughs> it's like, hey, you know, uh, you know, like you know, Jimmy Page, nah, he's not really that good. <laughs> just <laughs> Just happened to have a plectrum. <laughs> Angus, <laughs> Angus Young just happened to come across this plectrum. I wonder what they thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> or, or would they actually spend time watching this film? I'm not sure. <laughs> probably, probably not. Unless they were friends with Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> Dio was in a film, really? I thought he was dead. No, he's in a film. <laughs> kind of looks like he's dead. <laughs> I like the, sto- the bit in the story as well when he's recanting it. 
and uh, he says after he talks about the wizard like being saved he's like and the wizard was totally stoked to be alive <laughs> I don't like that oh the wizard has a hash pipe hilarious yeah, yeah. <laughs> he puffed on his hash pipe to decide what he was going to do to reward the the blacksmith I was kind of thinking of this bit though is is Kyle Gass ever going to have another line in this film <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good 10 minutes since he last spoke this is where they then go and um, steal the pizza guy's car yeah the car <laughs> See Lee in the television in the the series as well. He was really creepy. He was like a creepy super fan. Yeah. But then like he stopped liking them, and then they became the creepy super fan of him. <laughs> um, I don't I don't think he's creepy enough in this. If he, if they and they, they could have made a really good joke as well about the fact that he's like a a driving school instructor, but he only takes them out at night when he's delivering pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> We have uh, Paul F. Tompkins returns as well mm. and <laughs> doesn't read out the card. He's like, they asked me not to read this out, but God damn it, I'm going to read it anyway. <laughs> I hate this. Master daydream. Exploder. I know, they get, they get uh, KG dressed up. He's got like eyeliner <laughs> on and his man boobs are out. And like, uh, Jack Blackway's metal vest. Oh, Looks like yeah. Bennett from Commando. Yeah. <laughs> Bennett. <laughs> or what's his face for uh, Judas Priest as well? Rob Halford. Yeah. He <laughs> looks a lot like him. <laughs> Even Rob Halford would be offended. <laughs> Do you remember the guy's Rob brain Halford explodes. doesn't look that gay. <laughs> and he is gay. <laughs> um, the, the bit where the guy's brain explodes, I was like, what the hell is going on? Surely you would be phoning an ambulance. <laughs> I like how he references it in his lyrics, though. Yeah. <laughs> I did not mean, I did not mean to blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, and that's all a dream. Because <laughs> they're in the restaurant at this point, aren't they? But that may be a good point to have a break. Do you remember Jack and Ori? Not really, but... And <laughs> <laughs> a famous celebrity would read uh, a children's story to the adoring public. Well, that's kind of what we're going to be doing. All the, our children's stories will be taken from Tenacious Dealer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'll help children get to bed, though. <laughs> right, um, I got the chance to, to pick the lyrics, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go first. This, this story is called <laughs> Beelzebos, The Final Showdown. <laughs> Beelzebos said, I am complete. Both KG and GB said, Fuck. Beelzebub said, You are fucked. Shit out of luck. Now I'm complete and my cock you will suck. This world will be mine and you're first in line. You brought me the pick and now you shall both die. From the top to... No, just from some... Like a kid's TV presenter. Yeah. I think it'd be quite funny if you added something at the end, like on Thomas Tank Engine. Like, <laughs> Thomas said, <laughs> "Yeah, I love you, baby, but all I can think about is kielbasa sausage." <laughs> Says the driving instructor. <laughs> your, your butt cheeks is warm. I, I checked my dipstick. You need lubrication, honey. Said the woman. My kielbasa sausage has just got to perform. Now get it on. <laughs> Performing like, a public service here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For these adults. <laughs> talk talk your children to sleep like this. <laughs> right, Grant, there's your one. This is a story for the ladies. <laughs> but fellas, listen closely. You do not always have to fuck her hard. 
In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you've got to make some love and fucking give her some smooches too. <laughs> sometimes you've got to squeeze. Sometimes you've got to say please. Sometimes you've got to say, hey, I am going to fuck you. Softly. <laughs> So speaking of creepy paedophiles, um, <laughs> Kyle Gass starts hitting on some girls that you look young enough to be his granddaughter in the scene. <laughs> At least. <laughs> <clears throat> and who shows up? Well, Amy Poehler first. Because mm-hmm. she appears first of all. She's quite she, funny, I think. Yeah, yeah, she is. And she's like a decent enough actress and stuff. But she says... Um, With her black eye, that's weird. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. she goes... Hey, they go, what happened to you? And... She just goes, I oh, burned it with a curl and iron. Domestic violence there. Hilarious. Is there any reason behind that? Well, not that no. I could think of. It doesn't reference no. anything that at all. She just has a black eye. Yeah. To, to give... Like for <laughs> to lay down something that's just a crappy joke. Yeah, <laughs> there's not even a joke there. I thought this great joke about curling irons. Could my character have a black eye? <laughs> but I need to have a black eye for it to be seriously taken. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. We have um, Tim Robbins appears here. Eh? Mm-hmm. You ever seen the film Cradle Will Rock? No. It's about Orson Welles putting on a play, uh? and it's um, written and directed by Tim Robbins, and it stars Jack Black Jack and Kyle Bass. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. As homosexual ventriloquists. <laughs> 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 It's great because um, Bill Murray plays another um, homosexual ventriloquist. Not a homosexual one, just a not regular ventriloquist. All right. <laughs> no, he plays a a communist ventriloquist, <laughs> and he sings the you know the communist anthem. What's that? The Internationale. Oh, he right. sings that through the ventriloquist dummy <laughs> and he thinks they, those two are communists but they're like we're not reds we're pinks <laughs> it's well worth checking out just to see their performance and that is hilarious so this was how they paid Tim Robbins back I guess so yeah <laughs> by making him look even shittier than he did in Green Lantern <laughs> but thinner at least <laughs> yeah yeah he kind of looks it's not as fat. It looks like a member of Tenacious D when he's in <laughs> So it's not really clear because later on it kind of changes, but it really looks like Kyle Gas manages to chat them up, these mm-hmm. girls. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. not because at first you kind of think, oh, are they just taking the piss? And then when they invite them back to the party, you think that might be the case, but then she's like, oh no, I'll drive in the car with you. And you're like, yeah. No, so they are interested in them. But that, but that would be from him saying that he was in a band. Yeah. But before then... Oh, is that worked for you, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be surprised. But you've definitely seen... I've seen some people in bands and, you know, get these girls. You're like, how the hell did you get them? And these guys are like like an absolute monstrosity, you know? <laughs> should never deserve these girls. But it does happen. But before that, in that scene, when they're winking, is there any, like, why are they, no, why are they doing that? There's no, like, hint in it. Yeah. It just seems to have caught their eye. Do you think Kyle Cash wrote this bit? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Jack Black wrote the bit where Tim Robbins follows him in the toilet? Because <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird bit that comes up next. <laughs> we just pull the set up just for a diarrhea joke. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing is, see if you look at Tim Robbins' eye level when it cuts away to him, and then look at the stall that he's standing next to, he can see over. <laughs> like, he can see in, even though Jack Black's kind of playing the, like, oh, he's on the other side of the door. Like, yeah. Tim Robbins can see into the stall. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it even stranger that he just saw a man poo. <laughs> <laughs> and you see it, you see him wipe as well. I mean, is there any need for that? <laughs> Mind you, if you didn't see him wipe, you'd no, be yeah, wondering yeah, if he yeah, wiped. Yeah. You can yeah, cut away and have implied wiping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, I thought he was going to get mixed up with the wiping. I thought he was going to wipe with the yeah, like, instruction. Yeah, yeah. Sort of yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. they were going to play on that somehow. But that would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> You would have had jokes throughout the rest of the film when they were peeling apart the, the map. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the problem, though. You would have had jokes for the rest of the film. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they didn't want to go down that route. Tits or destiny? <laughs> James, when did you make that decision? <laughs> well, you know I'm a big man, Rob. <laughs> so in your music career, you went for tits. <laughs> I like to get my hands on a girl's destiny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing better than having a handful of destiny. <laughs> Have your tongue in destiny. <laughs> yeah, you're right, though. We have this bit, though, where he goes to the. In, in Kyogasi's defence, though, yeah. he chooses actual living breasts over alleged mythical magic. <laughs> <laughs> I think Let's he points on his side. <laughs> yeah. I think he does point out. <laughs> This is where he goes to the party, though, that you mentioned yeah. earlier on. Well, this is a spinal tap moment, eh? Yeah. I always say this when this comes across in the films, eh? Mm. Someone leaves so they can come back. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Hate it. <laughs> and every band thing's got to have this moment in it now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even back then, you think, like, uh, almost famous, like we mentioned already, the band kind of break up because of that. Garth and Wayne break up. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> In uh, what's that one? The really crap one with Jimmy Nail in it. Still crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen that. You seen that? No, it's, it's not too bad. It's got a. Uh, I don't know if I'd agree with that. <laughs> uh, it's got like uh, who's a Billy Connolly's the crazed roadie. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Does he sing any of Jimmy Nail hats? He doesn't. Crocodile. Yeah, the there's no crocodile shoes then. <laughs> he tries to be the singer in it. I'm pretty sure. Maybe yeah, well, he's, he's, he's got this. He's got this song which he wrote that he never gets to play and then eventually yeah. the lead singer lets him play it when he's back in the band. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure I can play it? <laughs> and that just maybe shows that this whole genre of film about bands is pretty predictable. <laughs> yeah, and there's not much other... You can't really go anywhere and it's never really been done brilliantly before. <laughs> Anvil? I mean, what Anvil, that was a documentary, but like that was a bit different and got a lot of acclaim even though people didn't remember Anvil oh, remember that's an excellent I've read the book I've not seen the film but it's excellent uh, is it what's the one about the big rock band mind that was around the same time as like Metallica and all that and then right. um, never made it right. but they still gig and they still play these metal songs that yeah. like and it has interviews with like Lars and Rick and, read, and they mm. say Why? they were brilliant they were so, we wanted to be as good as Anvil when you and read the like the dirt is the whole thing is Vince Neil leaving isn't it mm, mm. as the lead singer and they get other lead singers in and then eventually he comes back yeah so that book is like that because he kills that guy yeah drink driving yeah that's right or what about um, Let It Be George Harrison leaving the Beatles then coming back is that a film 
Yes. I've never seen that. God's sake, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen a hard day's night. I think that's right. It's a documentary about the making of Let It Be. It's no, no. famous for having George Harrison having a meltdown before he leaves saying, whatever you want me to play, Paul, I'll just play it. Just tell me what to play. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's had a moment like that in a band. <laughs> Getting angry at Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah, we've all Stupid had Paul McCartney. We've Just, all had them. <laughs> you're not fooling anyone. You've got grey hair. Stop dying. In Nirvana. You yes, yes. Did you see this? Why? Why? Paul McCartney was jamming with Nirvana and didn't realise they hadn't been together since Kurt yeah. Cobain died. Well, did he Obviously. not say apparently, well, apparently, I'm not sure, but when he... Like when he first turned up, he didn't realise that was like Nirvana. You know, that was Nirvana. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess you know, being a Beatle, I guess you can kind of get away with doing not that. knowing who Nirvana was. <laughs> well, yeah, but oh my God. you you would totally play that card all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't recognise you. I was a Beatle. <laughs> Did you take the fins out tonight? I was in the Beatles. <laughs> you stick your other leg on and go. <laughs> Bring him back down to earth, yeah, but you, you were a P.O., but you're the one that everyone hated. <laughs> Except for people's mums in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> so, back to Avatar. A drug scene. Yeah, Avatar, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> that was the most favourite part of the film, I think. Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was not necessarily the cartoons or, or, hit or their impression of what... Um, Mushroom trip is, but is, but when it flashes back to like when he went in the river, and he's in the river, and like what the hell is Strawberry River is actually like a tidal wave. It's going down rapid. Say no, do you not think that could have done a bit more of that, a bit more of cutting back in between? Yeah, I don't mean like more times, but more actual reality within those sequences. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. Yeah, because there was one bit where he'd done something and I was like, oh, I wish it had cut back to see what he was actually doing. (laughs) I can't remember what it was now. It's like Fraggle Rock, this dream world doing that. (laughs) It's it's John C. Riley as well. Like, who will get to play this Sasquatch? I don't know. John C. Riley. (laughs) (laughs) He won't need any makeup. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just just attach more hair to his hair. (laughs) Or you could have got Robin Williams. (laughs) And he did a much better musical film, which was uh, Dewey Cox, What Can't. That's a brilliant film. You seen that? You ask me this in practically every episode, and I still know, and I'm never watching it now because of you. (laughs) Such a good film. Uh, I'm not loving the falling on the tree branch straight onto the groin joke, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit slapstick comedy. It's isn't a bit yeah. Yogi Bear looking for a picnic basket. <laughs> <laughs> and then he falls down exactly five feet away from a sign that says Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or whatever. Uh, One mile. <clears throat> All right. And speaking of cliches, how about Kyle Gas walking away for the party? And he gets a beer thrown at him. Yeah. As they laugh. By Colin Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> Not even the good Hanks. Yeah. Not even Rita Wilson. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does, he plays the song just himself and he mm-hmm. clearly sh- shows himself up to be the sideman <laughs> by only singing a, l- a line every three verses. Yeah. Well, this is where you get, again, that I was talking about earlier on, was the cramming of the songs because you get um, Sasquatch, you get... Dude, I totally miss you, and you get a uh, break in city. Break in mm-hmm. city. Ah, uh, yeah. All in I'll, the space of like five minutes. I don't know. 
I don't know what how, what I feel about Breaking City. It's a pretty good idea, but it's a great song. But I don't like the lyrics. I think the lyrics. The fact are, that the lyrics say exactly what's happening on the like, screen. I've seen that done so many times before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's like those literal lyrics. Yeah. That you can watch on the net. So they start speaking to each other with these previously unmentioned CB radios <laughs> that they apparently have. <laughs> and he asks where he is. I'm sure he's close. It's a walkie-talkie. Do you, do you know what um, would have sold that scene better for me? Is after he had the beer thrown at him, if he, or earlier on when he's going to bed at night, he's trying to contact him to say, are you still there, Jack? And he ignores him. Yeah. That would have sold that joke a bit better. Or if it had flicked from that to him still tripping with Sasquatch. <laughs> and speaking of cartoon moments, the bit where the vent falls with the two of them on each side. <laughs> yeah. That, that is pure Yogi Bear again. <laughs> What's the line for Die Hard? Now I know how a TV dinner feels or something. No, no, I did TV dinner feels yeah. like. <laughs> These American vents. They're real because there's so many films with these. And can you actually crawl through them? They're quite roomy, aren't they? They're essential, like. They're big enough to fit a member of Tenacious D. (laughs) (laughs) But not strong enough to hold to them. (laughs) So, this is them. They're broken into the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or whatever they're calling it. Some kind of pseudonym. I hate this joke as well. This is another joke I really hate. Where they pretend to be statues, mm. and then they like go. Whew, whew. I was like, "What's that joke in of? We know they're not. They weren't <laughs> statues. <laughs> That's not a joke." <laughs> they managed to get up to the guitar way to heaven. The guitar way to heaven, <laughs> <laughs> and the guitar gods, which room. is is open. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> it's got these big, huge gates, which are open because <laughs> you've got priceless pieces of merchandise that will just not have too much security mind you they've got a laser system at the top so <laughs> but what of which it looks like on screen that he's walking through them <laughs> he's trying to dodge them but you can see the lasers like stop and stuff <laughs> it's really badly done do you remember the laser scene in Entrapment mm-hmm. where um, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Sean Connery. Crusty old Sean Connery. (laughs) I prefer this laser scene to that laser scene. (laughs) Oh, Mission Impossible. He could have come down on a zip line. (laughs) From the previously mentioned day event, yeah. Yeah. That would have been just as good. And you could have a joke about him being fat as fuck and falling down. (laughs) What he could have done, was it it Ocean's 12? When he does, when it's uh, the French actor guy, when he's doing all the kind of weird gymnastics to practice going through the lasers <laughs> you know what I find really funny about Ocean's 12 is like three minutes of screen time and they have to give all the money back that they made in the first film <laughs> <laughs> great job guys spoilers grants how does it start about how many years ago did the Ocean's come out is it I like it when Jack Black says fuck a luck a ding dong <laughs> I was like, didn't he direct signs? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the, the using the penis to deactivate the lasers? Well, that's the, well, the reference. I'd finally just like to say, back to the, the I unreservedly apologise for saying you should have shown this earlier. It's horrific when you see it. <laughs> <laughs> he is very well endowed for quite a short man. Yeah. 
<laughs> it comes out in that angle as well. That's strange. Yeah, <laughs> straight. <laughs> My next note is now they can't reach it. I can't bear this fake tension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after that, where you're like, oh, they should have just been able to get the pick quite easily. Yeah. And if they've got all those lasers, they're not going to have like contact things. You can just lift it off. Take the plectrum down then. <laughs> Then they knock over all the amps like an old man knocking over dominoes or something. <laughs> or any scene, any scene in the film where you're in a library. Oh, we've knocked over one bookcase, now they're all going to knock over. Right. What do they have to do? Did they get the final thing? Well, they surf down on... Is that what you're talking of? When they surf down the, the, stereo, the guitar way to heaven on the amp. Before that, they have to do the slide. Oh no, that's after that. Oh, that's, yeah. They come down and then they end up in the lobby and they do the power slide out and under the the, the coming down door. Yeah, they do the Pete Townsend slide. Yeah. Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Pete Townsend slide is now sliding your mouse over a website that says underage porn. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Which lawyer firm you're going to use? <laughs> Ross said that. <laughs> Ross Livingston oh. <laughs> that's just terrible <laughs> he's the one that looked at child porn online that's that true. makes a fair game for jokes as far as I'm concerned it was research Grant it was research, <laughs> it was research for a book I was writing <laughs> about Jimmy Savile apparently <laughs> it was a preemptive strike sense. <laughs> I love but this. then it's done by quite a good joke after this, isn't it? With Tim Robbins, who yeah. comes and he's I like, like it as well. come over here before I stab you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think we can just leave. Do I leave? Yeah. He's like, yeah, leave. And, but him not escaping from the cops as well is pretty good. Because <laughs> he can't get away fast enough. And they just like cop him under the arm. It's not even like a heavy takedown. And then we have the call back to the car chase as well. Oh, this car chase is shite. <laughs> It's not the worst one I've seen. I mean, there was Death Proof, remember? That was a whole film that was a car chase. <laughs> but this film, like, this car chase is so not needed. And it's so That's... sub Blues Brothers. Yeah. The Blues Brothers was made. I think it's the same car as well. It's a Chevy Nova. Isn't that what they have in that? Maybe 32 years before this, the Blues Brothers. And it's really? so. I'm sure it was 1980, the Blues Brothers. Yeah, right. But, uh, I mean, how much better is that than now? <laughs> <laughs> They do get the chance to use another song. Remember, they wrote this album's worth of songs that they had to fill out. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they they end up, the car goes on fire, they think they're dead, but really we see the final shot of the sewer being pulled, mm-hmm. the sewer lids being pulled across. And uh, at much, that point... How great would this film be if it wasn't them in the sewer, it was the, the Ninja Turtles. Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> then the film was just about them for the rest of it. <laughs> They've got to play a gig together with Vanilla Ice singing ninja rap. Go ninja, go ninja, go. That's got to be worth a giggle later. (laughs) But do you notice they say to Lee on the phone, oh, we're like 50 miles away from where we're needing to go, and then they go down in the sewer, and then next thing they pop up outside the club and make no mention of the fact that they've traversed 50 miles in the sewer. Like, that's a joke. They it's just, it's just it. a mystery. Just and the fact that they... The air ventilation. Yeah. <laughs> we will never understand because we're Brits. <laughs> the fact that they... Um, the first one they lift up as well is out, right outside. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not even a joke either. No. <laughs> that they have an intricate knowledge of the sewer system of the city. KG fitted in. 
surprised he managed to go <laughs> down through that sewer <laughs> Yeah, so then they start fighting over the pit like it's the fucking one ring or something. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Gaz bit his finger off. <laughs> <laughs> My precious. Okay. <laughs> Like a really, really fat golem. <laughs> like a, a really, golem. really fat Sam. <laughs> well, no way. Uh, adjust his fat Sam. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. Sean Aston's no slim pickings. <laughs> That'd be like, like, if Gollum went to live in Hobbiton for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> Fed at Sean Aston's house. <laughs> the pick gets broken and we get a Inspirational speech by Paul F. Tompkins. Which is pretty good, actually. Best, yeah. best speech in the film. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they decide... They, decide they, to just they go have to embrace Satan. And Satan's in all of us. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes you not want to go to school. <laughs> it's pretty decent. Yeah. But the, the writing to which they come back out again to like get the whole devil scene in it's yeah. just they changed their mind yeah. <laughs> actually we're going to see what the play is it's maybe got a wee bit of juice in it that's what they say yeah. and then Dave Grohl thumbs up as the devil I knew it was Dave Grohl but I was looking at him it doesn't mm. look like him at all that's because remember in the, or in sound the, like him yeah or sound like in, him yeah. in tribute though it wasn't as much makeup, so yeah. you can kind of tell it was him. Mm. And they decided to keep him in for this as well, but they put a shitload more makeup on him. Mm-hmm. You know when he says to him, just before they have the rock off, because that's the big finale, Yeah. he says to him, I'm going to give you a cage. Like, my brain immediately went to Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if they had specifically said that because he was like, trust me, <laughs> he was just like, then at the end he was like, right, you come with me. And he was like, no, 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 Nicholas Cage. <laughs> he comes out as the ghost rider. Yeah. <laughs> some. Did they tell you that uh, I've seen Nicholas Cage when I was in America? No. Uh, I was, we were at Vegas, uh, the Luxor Hotel, and I was in the gym. And I was just like doing my normal like, routine, and then I just looked to the left. And like Nicholas Cage was on a cross trainer. And I couldn't believe it, right? And but you know when you see someone really famous and you're like but you just go blank. Yeah. But I remember thinking, right, I, I want to say that there is a film that I like <laughs> that he's in and kinda of say, you know, I liked you in that and it'll be just a little moment and walk away, but I couldn't think of a film. <laughs> Because there's just so many rotten films that he's been in recently. He's blotted his copy yeah. too much recently. So I did the, the normal thing. But really loved you. Get Season of the Witch. Yeah. So what did you do then? I just ran out and then told everyone at the pool and then they all went in and harassed them. <laughs> but I could have, at least they could have said, oh, I liked you in like, Raising Arizona. And had a way, hey man, like, cool. Las Vegas, Oscar winning. Or Conair. Oh, but you've seen Conair recently, or like since you're older, it no. is terrible. <laughs> the Rock. The Rock, yeah. I quite like The Rock, actually. It's ridiculous as it is. Is that the one who breaks out of prison? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Sean Connery's Sean lines Connery's. are written by the two guys that wrote Porridge. Ah, yeah, I right. Because like, he didn't like the script, so he got them to come in and basically rewrite his just his character. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't realise it was just that that they'd written about it. That's pretty cool. Tenacious D banish Satan, I guess. <laughs> By yeah, this is what I was talking about earlier on. If they had like s- somehow said like, "Oh, this guitar's imbued with all this power," then when he dives across to like reflect the lightning bolt that's mm. uh, aimed for KG, like that could have been like their friendship that was saving it. Instead, it's just like, oh, it's just a nice matte effect on the guitar that reflected <laughs> it. <laughs> 
<laughs> was it like a mirror with a mirror roofed on? <laughs> so we didn't need the pick all along. We had the rock in our hearts all along. Get to this conversation, bloody blah, blah. Just move it fucking along here. But it doesn't. It doesn't go that way, does it? It's like no, no we're not. It briefly good. goes that way. Yeah, until oh look, here's the horn of the devil, yeah. and we could use this as a bong. <sighs> fuck Stop. the fuck off. <laughs> Can still risen, and then it goes on about oh yeah, that's that's pretty much the end of the film, isn't it? Because then they get high and go to write another song. And, the, and is that like a riff? Could they talk about how it's the greatest song in the world? Mm, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. so yeah, sure they're going to play trivia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, but it's just a tease. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the after credits? Yeah, 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 which was the bit from earlier on. As well, with the, which they mentioned, where they were like, just, just write something, and it just, I don't want you to say anything until you've got something that's a masterpiece, and the press play and record, and then, Cage farts, and then that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that is it. Cracking after joke. <laughs> well, thanks guys. Thanks for that film. Yeah. Thanks, Jack and Kyle. <laughs> It really does, doesn't it? I mean, it's just farts to the start, fart at the end. Yes. <laughs> just encapsulated by farts. Our music is Mr. Beeps, A Thousand Furious Bees. Check him out on MySpace. Just search for M-I-S-T-E-R-B-E-E-P. Right then. We do jump the shark mode? Yes, we shall. James, you okay to go first? I am go first. Right, James, what's your jump the shark moment? My moment was quite early on in the film, and we spoke about it briefly with uh, Ronnie James Dio oh, yeah. when he came out. <laughs> so for me, that was screaming because they they pinned him up to being like a rock god, the rock god. Mm. And obviously, probably when they were writing this film, like we need a rock god. <laughs> so you're thinking like you know like Lemmy yeah. or anyone like this Aussie? but they, but, uh, Aussie, but no one would subscribe to this film no one <laughs> I'm not putting my name on that <laughs> so Ronnie James Dio steps up <laughs> and then you see him looking leather faced and horrible oh, it was just it was, it was too far for me it was just <laughs> to put, put him on that throne just screamed like the budget and the sway and oh, no, I don't like it at all. It's a pretty good, pretty good moment. <laughs> Grant, my jump the shark moment is when I didn't take drink or drugs before I watched this. So <laughs> I would have greatly improved it. <laughs> but the the moment in particular where I was thinking uh, this film is not for a you know someone sober watching this film online as <laughs> myself was the dream sequence. And that's my job yeah. the shark moment. And I think it's just terrible. It's poorly filmed. I don't think the, the moments are closely matched enough to be funny, yeah. both in shot size and shot selection. There's no wide shots for perspective as to where he is and what he's doing. In the forest. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. right next to the highway. Because well. yeah. Yeah. you could have seen more danger if there was wider shots. Yeah. And also, there was nobody looking at him 
Like, I think that's the biggest missed opportunity for this dream sequence is people looking at him going, what the hell is this guy up to? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like people like camping in the woods or like some scouts camping out in the woods yeah. or something like that. Just, so, oh, so not, not don't look, children. So, not the dream sequence, because the, the dream sequence and there's the mushroom sequence. Ah, the mushroom the sequence, mushroom, sorry. Yeah, 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 So the mushroom sequence. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> How about you, Ross? I have quite a high tolerance for this because, like I said, I, I I liked Tenacious D before they came out with this. I had their first album and stuff, and I liked their complete masterworks. I liked the TV show, and I had a reasonably high tolerance that I can take a lot of it as just complete stoner comedy. But um, the bit that really hacks me off about this film, and it's indicative of everything else that's went on in the film as well before, is the bit at the end, which you briefly mentioned, where they say, "That was a good song, eh? How did it go?" And then you realise that that whole first album, the first album, which was just Tenacious D, which was a much better album than this album, which was just a film soundtrack, mm-hmm. that's, that's what would come next. So essentially, if we're talking about it in Star Wars numbers, this might help explain it. This film is episode one, two, and three. The <laughs> next one, which is the great album, is episodes four, five, and six. I don't want to see this film, I want to see 4, 5 and 6, where yeah. they write tribute and where they do, you know, all the other ones, Wonder Boy and things like yeah. that. That's the, that's the film I want to see, not it's this It's a paraphrase, Patton Oswalt, you want to see Angelina Jolie and I, not John Voight's Balls. <laughs> yes, completely true. <laughs> That's us for this episode. Thank you very much for guesting. Yes. No problem, had fun. And uh, where can we find your band and your songs and your music? Well, our band's called Tango Natic, and you'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, all the usuals. Just we have an album called Celltape. Out now on? Out now on everywhere. iTunes? Can iTunes, you look up on iTunes? Yeah, download it illegally for our care. Is it, is it spelled Celltape like the actual brand name Celltape? Yes, with an S. Yeah. Did, you get, did you get any stick for that? Do you think um, you could get a commercial deal with Tango the soft drink? <laughs> you can all be wearing Tango t-shirts if you're playing on stage. We could always try. You know, it's not like we get paid loads. I'm happy to sell it. <laughs> if Tenacious D have taught us anything. <laughs> sell it hard. <laughs> And where would they find you on Twitter? What's your Twitter? This is just Tango. Just Tango in the attic. Yeah. In the attic. Oh, lucky, you've also got enough letters in your name. Yeah. Our name didn't fit in. Just don't jump the shark. So we have to chop it down. Oh, no. Talking to Twitter, Grant, what's our Twitter address? Don't jump shark. Facebook? Don't jump shark film podcast. That's e- it. Email? Email, yeah. That's it. <laughs> I knew there was another one. What's the email address? Don't jump the shark at hotmail.com. This has been our New Year's episode. Have a happy new year and uh, best of luck. Is that what we see? <laughs> <laughs>
We're going to count down from yeah. ten and start kissing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think you should end it on a fart. <laughs> Encapsulate the year for us, isn't it? <laughs> Next time on Don't Jump the Shark, Star Wars Episode 3. Ross, with choosing this film, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> I've heard they're going to make another uh, three Star Wars movies. No! That is. <laughs>